I'm sitting here today trying to get my thoughts together about a point in time where I promised myself I would write a book. Fast forward, it is now 13 years later, and the topic of the book is now front and center. In April of 2009, my dad passed away. During the last few weeks of his life, he was in hospice care. The most obvious feature on my dad was his eyes. He had the most beautiful blue eyes. And when he looked at you, they looked through you, at you, and you could always feel his eyes understood what you were saying. When he was diagnosed with a tumor 12 years earlier, I never realized how that would play on his life during those 12 years. He was pretty regularly seen by doctors in his home state and then would go to the VA hospital in his home state. At some point in time, it became obvious that his ability to care for him, himself was deteriorating. He seemed to be able to get confused very easy. He also would drive and be very tired and pull over to the side of the road and fall asleep. Many police officers in his community would find him on the road, on the side of the road, taking an afternoon nap. They would help him to get back into where he needed to be. He would then return to his home. I never realized all of this was happening till it came time to pack up his home. People were stopping in and telling my brother and I what they had seen in terms of characteristics, my dad's activity, my dad's lack of activity. My dad used to always call and say, I'm going to call you and I want to give you the heads up. Always leaving me a message, hey Donna, it's your dad. I got something to tell you, it's, I want to give you the heads up on it. On the day we received news that he had passed away, I was walking into my office. I was about 12 feet away from the door of my building and I was aware of my feelings and how sad I was that my father had passed away. As I was walking to the door of my building, on the ground in front of the door were two shiny quarters, heads up. I looked down at them and I knew immediately that my father was saying goodbye. I walked inside the building and I prepared myself for the day in front of me. It was hard to get into my head as to what needed to be done that day. I had called my brother and identified to him that our dad had passed away just a couple of hours earlier. My brother indicated that he would take a ride to his home and get the things necessary in order for him to be waked in his suits and to make sure everything in the house was in order. While I started my morning, my brother took a ride to my dad's house and my dad was also sending my brother. My dad was a typical jokester. He loved to tease us. As sad as we were to see my dad pass, the last three months of his life were somewhat um, sad to watch as he deteriorated physically, 
mentally and emotionally. We knew that his ability to fight was narrowing and that he was becoming weaker and weaker. My brother arrived at my dad's house and went inside the home to get gather things for my dad so that we could bring him to uh, the funeral parlor. While my brother was in the house, the doorbell rang. So my brother went to the front door and there was a porch in, at that front door. And my brother looked around and there was nobody around. And so my brother just thought, that's odd, why is the doorbell ringing? My brother went back inside and started you know, gathering up some additional items. And once again, the doorbell rang. And my brother thought, well, maybe it's the back door. And so he went, gazed at the front door. Again, nobody was at the door or on the porch. And he went to the back door and nobody was at the back door. So he came back in and said, what is going on? And he was starting to get a little like nervous. He thought he was getting freaked by it all. He went on to complete the packing and pack up the belongings and the doorbell rang again. This time my brother went to the door and looked at the doorbell at the porch. The doorbell was disconnected, so there was no way it could ring. He went to the back door and he pressed the back doorbell and it didn't ring. So my brother was standing in the middle of my father's home, looking from the front door to the back door, trying to figure out why and how the doorbell could possibly be ringing. And then again, my brother had no idea about the two shiny quarters heads up. We met about an hour later after my day had um, ended midday and we went to lunch prior to going over to uh, the funeral parlor to do the necessary business for my dad's funeral. We started talking about each one of us about our story. I told my brother about the two shiny quarters and he looked at me and he said, you know, this is what happened to me when I was at dad's house. And we looked at each other and we knew that our dad had said goodbye to each of us in his own way. My father teasing my brother with the doorbells ringing and me to give me the heads up that it was okay. We had our lunch, we went to the funeral um, parlor and you know, we did, we met with the undertakers and, and the owner of the funeral parlor and we discussed the preparations for the next day of what was going to take place, etc. The funeral was very quiet. People came and people attended the services and it was somewhat bittersweet. Lots of memories transferred through my mind as we went over to the cemetery to have the final ceremony. Because my father was a Marine, he had a military presence at the gravesite. And the Marines, in true ceremonial fashion, dressed in their uniforms, did the salute to say goodbye. And the guns were beautifully shined up and prepared for the ceremony, of course. And they gave my father the tribute of the shooting of the guns to say he had passed. After the guns were shot, they folded up the flag in that perfect little triangle. And then they took the casings of the gun and put the bullets and put it in a ziplock, a tiny little ziplock, and walked over to me. 
They handed me the tiny little Ziploc with the three gun cases. The bullets were still warm from having been shot. My hand was warmed by the bullets. I remember clasping my hands and making a huge moan. My voice now is cracking in memory 13 years ago of this event. And I remember looking at my brother and saying, the bullets are warm. And he looked at me and I sobbed. We said goodbye to my father and I passed the bullets and the triangle uh, flag to my brother because I wanted his son to have them. His son was named after my father and he was interested in the Marines as the service of, if he ever were to become a soldier, that's the branch of the service that he would want to be a Marine. Our lives were somewhat difficult over the next couple of weeks as we prepared to empty my dad's house. We were in awe of all the things my dad had collected over the years. We found things that we would shake our heads at and say, oh my God, just like dad. We found a cookie tin and inside the cookie tin was probably seven or eight driver's licenses. It appeared that my father would store the driver's license in the cookie tin. For what purpose, I'm not sure. He was always losing things and perhaps he was putting them in a safe place. But as the days or years went on, he would put them in such a safe place and like many of us forget what the safe place was. My brother and I were hysterical in many aspects of going through my father's belongings. We found money, not a lot, but we did find money in certain places and we laughed. We found a key to a safe deposit box at a bank and we thought, this is going to tell the story. We went over to the safe deposit, we went over to the bank and we went and asked to get access to the safe deposit box. The representative at the bank said, oh, your father needed to pay to, for his annual dues for the safe deposit box. I think it was $150. So we quickly paid and we were escorted to the vault where the box was retrieved and we went into the little private room to view the box contents. Lo and behold, inside that box was only one thing. Ironically, it was a business card. And the business card was who the branch manager was at that particular branch office. My brother and I laughed hysterically because only my father would put an item such as that and pay for $150 a year for the box. Another part of my dad that was humorous at the moment. As time went on, we realized different things about my dad and we were reflecting on them. My dad was a self-made man. He always hoped for a better future for himself. He worked hard and he always had grand ideas about the next piece of his life. He raised my brother and I and we are both very, very similar and yet we're so different. We both approach things the same way. We have an amazing love for each other. We honor and respect each other. It's funny to be together as brother and sister and talk about my dad. My brother has different memories than I do. My brother and I have a seven year age differential. 
So his experience with my dad is different than my experience with my dad. My dad was always working. He was always making the next, the next role of his life more productive financially, personally, and professionally. When we were young, our dad used to love to take us up to long drives and on a Sunday and take us to restaurants. My dad loved the drive-in movie theater. He liked regular theaters as well, but he loved movies. My brother and I have a fond affection for movies, and it's probably because we grew up attending various movies of different genres with my dad. I always wanted to write a book about my dad's eyes. I wanted to call it In His Eyes, because in his eyes, he saw the world differently. He saw the world through blue eyes. My brother and I had brown eyes. And what he saw, he would often explain. I never knew my father to get angry. He would just get quiet. And as time went on, he did get quiet. Quiet with us individually, quiet with us collectively. It's hard to keep up a relationship with the dad when your mom and he have separated and gotten divorced. My brother, his role with my dad was much closer because he was younger when that all transpired. I was a young adult and learning to enter the workforce and start my career. My dad wanted us to work together. He wanted us to come up with a plan to work together in some entity. My brother and I both ended up in banking. We both had a thing, a career for numbers and different roles in the bank. I think the most important thing my father left us with is this sense of love and affection for each other. To this day, we still say I love you at the end of a conversation on the phone. And though we may not see each other often, we still are close to each other with phone calls. We have an uncanny ability to know when the other one calls. The sound of that person's voice at the other end, we know what's wrong, sis. Brother, what's wrong? So we recognize things in each other. Perhaps it was given to us by our dad. On April 23rd this year, my dad will have been deceased 13 years. It took me a long time to get to the point of telling the story about In His Eyes. However, it is the 13th year of his passing, and 13 is my lucky number. So given the fact that I had done podcasts recently, I thought I'm going to honor my dad with podcasts. I don't know if he's looking at me from heaven. Sometimes I think he's very present. To this day, when I walk and I find his shiny quarter heads up, I think my dad is saying hello. For the longest time, I couldn't delete his phone number from my cell phone because when I called, I would hear his voice. But unfortunately, once the phone is disconnected with the service provider, you don't hear that anymore. So in a way, it was a blessing in disguise. I wish today that my dad knows how much his life really affected me in so many small ways, in so many big ways. I try not to dwell on what wasn't, and I tried to dwell on what was. There were times where he couldn't provide for us, and there were times when he could provide. 
And both of those affected me as a young woman still living at home with my mom. They affected my brother as well. And we've talked about that. We talk about how he never said, I love you. And yet we know an older gentleman never says those words. They kept their feelings to themselves. But the best gift my brother and I have is the bond that our, our father really instilled in each other. The bond of love, the bond of siblings. I hope that if you have siblings out there, that you have an opportunity to look at them and see what and who they are. Are they representative of relationship as siblings that you're forced to have? Are they in your life today? Are they not in your life as much as you would want them to be? Or perhaps there's some separation that whatever the reason, you don't see them as often and they're not in your life. I think you have to take a look at what works for you and how you navigate life. But I know one thing, and really God, my dad, enabled us, my brother and I, to have the bond we have today. And although in his eyes, we probably would have been, he would have been proud of us, in our eyes, we only remember what good he brought to us, and that's the bond of love.